You're listening to The Crossroad Podcast with Joey and Kylie Willis. Through redefining effective leadership, The Crossroad Podcast explores what it means to live a life of intention and purpose. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of effective leadership and vibrant living. Welcome back to The Crossroad Podcast. We are in the midst of season two, which is all about making choices. In today's episode, we're going to talk about balancing your choices. And what we mean by that is not making a balance of good choices and bad choices. That's that's crazy. Which is what our last episode was about. Yeah. How to how to recover from bad choices. Yeah. So, Kylie, what do we mean when we were talking about balancing choices? Well, what we mean is taking the proper amount of time that you need to think through um your choices uh, to discern what the best choices are. Um, But in any given choice or circumstance, uh, you might need less time or more time, uh, but also not taking too much time. So it's kind of like finding the sweet spot in regards to how much energy you should give to each of the choices that are in front of you. Yeah, when we set out to kind of outline the season and decide the episodes we wanted to do and some of the things we wanted to talk about, We really discovered that towards the back end of the season, we wanted to provide some really helpful things for how to move forward to make better choices. We've talked a lot about the context of choices and the different obstacles we face and the coping mechanisms that we develop in order to avoid choices or avoid the consequence of our choices. And so one of the things that we found is that we tend to either hurry up choices or we wait too long to make a choice. And uh, and then once we realize which of those two we're doing, we often kind of overcompensate and go too far the other extreme. So in this episode, we want to talk about the challenges and some tools for equipping us to find that sweet spot, the, the part that gives you adequate time to consider the choices, um, but also gives you the courage to make a timely choice and not wait or avoid it for too long. So what does it look like to hurry when making a choice or just like speed through without really taking consideration? Yeah, I don't do this very often. So maybe you can speak to this more than (laughs) I do, Kylie, because I kind of fall too far on the other side. But yeah, what we want to do here is is introduce just kind of the two extremes, right? And and so the first of those is is when you hurry to make a choice. And uh, so an easy example for this is something like, where we're going to go to dinner uh, or what kind of fast food we're going to have for dinner, what we're going to order in. Uh, A lot of times I'll just give out uh, an answer, just kind of throw out an answer, just hurry it up um, because I want to get to the end of this. And so I think one example is that we often hurry a choice when we don't perceive it to be particularly important or valuable. As we talked about early on in this season, we face a myriad of choices every day. There's a gauntlet of choices that we have to go to. And so I think when we come across one that accurately or inaccurately we perceive to be not as important as the others, we tend to hurry it and, and just try to get it out of the way. I do want to address one thing here. We are not fast food people. I do need. <laughs> she, she's so this offended. Is, this is a choice, an active <laughs> choice that we make all of the time, but we are not fast food people. And so when Joey talks about rushing through what fast food choices we're going to make, we rush through it because we don't make fast food choices in the first <laughs> place. We speed past those choices and choose something that 
I guess would be much more preferable to me, which is something that is healthier and has vegetables and things like that. But anyways, I just wanted to clarify that for everyone who's listening. No fast food. Um, so I'm actually someone who is incredibly action-oriented. I don't like to sit around and wait for things um, or even plan that much, to be perfectly honest. I like – I am the – uh, epitome of act, learn, adjust without too much of the plan. Um, and so I usually will jump into a project or something without um, – it's not that I don't give things thought at all. I definitely give things thought, but I like to learn as I go um, and take action. Um, and I'm such a tangible person that I need the hands-on experience of something in order to actually figure out if things are going to work or not. And so I actually tend to hurry choices much more often than Joey does, who is much more of a contemplative uh, personality and likes to internally process before he takes action. Um, and so I would say some of the consequences of hurrying a choice is A, that you don't give it enough time or thought or planning to just like possibly get it right the first time, um, which typically tends to happen with me. Um, but it is much more exhausting for me to um, to like sit and plan and wait than it is for me to just like redo something or uh, work to make it better. Um, and so a consequence of that is that sometimes I have to do things more than once um, and adjust things much more than would have had to happen if I had uh, taken some time to plan things out more. Yeah, I think for me, one of the few times that I do hurry a choice is when I feel uh, threatened. Uh, so if there's a threat of rejection or sometimes if it's, I don't know, a, a lot of people or, or something, some dynamic where I really want to fight for control, um, I can hurry a choice in order to to try to make sure that what I want doesn't get lost in the shuffle. And so, yeah, I think one of the consequences for for me, when I hurry choices is that I don't really take the time to consider other people and to consider how valuable their input is. Um, Kylie, what are some what are some benefits? What are some potential good consequences for hurrying a choice for doing for deciding quickly? Well, uh, I think things get done, uh, <laughs> which is something I highly value is productivity. Um, and so um, we are constantly producing things um, when we are jumping in. Uh, the, I mean, again, the, the downfall of that is they might not be as quality as we would like if we had planned them, but uh, sometimes they are. Um, and so I think that sometimes it's of benefit because we're actually creating things. Um, I would say another thing is um, sometimes we can – we'll look at the flip side of the coin in a minute um, with overthinking choices. But sometimes we can just waste a whole bunch of time um, just like putting way too much thought and effort into it. And so um, by hurrying choices, um, there is a benefit of – I hate the term saving time, but – not wasting your, the time that you do have. Uh, your time is a resource. And so um, I think finding that balance um, is good, but also you're not draining that resource of time that you have um, overthinking things. 
Yeah, Kylie and I sometimes watch some reality TV shows. Uh, so, you know, it put us on blast with the fast food, and now here we are with reality TV. But one of the things in some of the competitions they do is they'll ask a question with this multiple choice, and someone will, they'll, you know, have just a couple seconds to answer, and they'll flash an answer, and then you can see them like struggle and they'll change it and they'll rethink it and they get really stuck and really in their own head. And a lot of times in those kinds of situations, their instinct, their natural, their first like response uh, is, is probably the best. And I think that that translates into our own lives as well. I've developed a pattern of thought, of behavior, the values that I have are core and internal to who I am. And so a lot of times it's not just about hurrying. It's not just about getting it over with. It's not just about control. A lot of times the the system one mindset, the habit that I have formulated is churning out values-based decisions. And so I am capable mm-hmm. more often than I give myself credit for of making a values-based choice almost instinctively, just kind of right off the bat, right out of habit. Uh, but again, here's why we're doing this episode. The rub is that it's very difficult to discern which of those two realities is happening. Am I making a quick, instinctive, values-based choice? Or am I making a quick, uh, unhealthy, control-based, fear-based decision? And so trying to to be honest with ourselves and assess which of those is, is most true in a given circumstance is a really difficult process. And on the other side of the coin, we can think too much. And and this is what I fall into, the overthinking, overanalyzing. Some of you are listening to this episode and you probably have a choice that you should be making. And you're just like, I'll listen to Joey and Kylie instead. <laughs> uh, so, again, this is one of the ways we avoid choices. One of the ways we cope with difficult decisions or just the gauntlet of decisions that we have in front of us. So Kai, what what can you think of in terms of examples and consequences for uh, overthinking a choice? Well, I think um, a, a really <laughs> um, applicable example of this is us just like getting in here and recording an episode. I, in circumstances like this, I don't love being put on the spot. I don't like having to think on my feet. I like having to be prepared uh, with an answer. So I feel like I know what I'm talking about. And so I love to like, we have to create an episode outline and we've got to like talk through exactly what we're going to talk through. And sometimes I just need Joey to push me into the studio and pull the trigger and say, okay, we're we're recording right now. Like, don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. You're going to come up with like things to say. It's totally fine. Um And so one of the consequences of me doing that is that I end up like putting off us actually getting into the studio and recording these episodes, um, which is not beneficial for our production guy who (laughs) is currently waiting for a couple of episodes to be sent to him. Um, And so... um, the one of the negative consequences is that I prepare myself so much for this uh, that I either never do it or, again, I just like waste a ton of time on something that isn't really necessarily as beneficial as I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think, again, the fear of imaginary negative consequences, the fear of rejection, the fear of being exposed, 
this can cause us to just prolong a decision. We're not sure how it's going to turn out. And just, uh, we did a whole episode on this, but the uncertainty of it all, we're waiting for something final, for something sure, for something that is going to be conclusive and decisive uh, before we make our choice. And so in, in my experience, a lot of this overthinking, overanalyzing is, is my attempt to turn what is unsure into something that is 100% sure to turn what is unclear into something that I have without any doubt. And the reality is that a vast majority of our choices are made in the midst of uncertainty. Life is mm-hmm. is very uncertain and we we aren't even we can't predict exactly how things are going to turn out. Um you know we're doing a commentary on the book of Proverbs right now and one of my favorite things I've discovered researching Proverbs is that uh a line that says proverbs are more like parables than they are promises. So when it says, uh, bring up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart from you, we all know from experience that that is the most likely outcome. That's most often how things are going to work out and how reality works. But it's not a guarantee. You can bring up a child and do all of the things right, and then that child is going to become a man or woman who makes their own choices. And so there are no 100% guarantees. And I think that is a scary reality that we face day in and day out. So I think especially the higher things are at stake. Uh, should I get married to this person? Um, what major should I should I commit to? These kinds of choices we tend to put on the back burner because we want to have a, a sense of surety about it. Kylie, what are some of the good consequences of of overanalyzing a choice? I don't know if it's necessarily about overanalyzing as much as taking your time to think through the decision before you make it. Um, and I think some of the positive consequences are sometimes we get it right. Uh, <laughs> sometimes we do really well on the first shot because we've taken the time to plan Um what action steps we're going to take before we take them um, and what the um, possible outcomes would be from the steps that we take in order to determine if it's the best path forward. Um, So within our training materials, we actually have like in the there here path along the path, we have um, a little acronym that's ALA. um, And we've actually... um, edited the material to add a P in front of the ALA so um, so that instead of just act, learn, and adjust along the path, we're actually planning first. We're setting goals. We're determining um, what the best steps forward are in order for us to get to where we want to go. Um, and then we're intentionally acting and taking those steps. And I think that the positive consequences of taking the time to do that are that we are more often than not, um, more successful at our undertakings if we are intentional about thinking through what we are going to do first. Yeah, I think that if a disadvantage to hurrying a choice is that uh, we can be rash, then then I think a potential advantage to um, you know thinking or analyzing a choice thoroughly is. Uh, that that it gives us space to be intentional and to make sure that we're considering things. And look, what what we have to do first, uh, and most of this is probably subconscious, is as soon as we're faced with a decision, we've got to put it 
in a bucket, either a bucket of this is really important, this is mildly important, or this can wait, or maybe a fourth bucket of this doesn't really matter that much at all. And so, you know, I think depending on which of those buckets your decision is in, then giving it some some more thorough time and attention um, might be appropriate and might end to, to a better decision. And, you know, so much of what we do, we talk about this when we talk about the proper use of emotions with our servant leadership tools. So much of it is about buying ourselves a little bit of time so that we're not just reactionary, but mm-hmm. we're responsive. Um, a lot of our decisions, a lot of our poor decisions are reactions to the circumstances around us. And so we're not making a decision out of our values, out of a sense of truth. What we're doing is we're turning whatever whatever particular circumstances just happened into our entire worldview, our entire sphere of thought. And we are making a decision in reaction to that rather than uh, giving ourselves a little bit of time. And, and I think that's part of what the planning and the PALA is, is meant to talk about is, uh, don't just act immediately. Give yourself a a minute. Uh, you know, when you are feeling an emotion, time is the biggest thing, especially when it's, when you're dealing with conflict with a person, time is the most important element of it. And that's what this episode is about. There is a proper, amount of time that you should wait before you act, but there's an improper amount of time that can go by in which you have waited too long. And so what we were talking about here is how do you how do you get in the sweet spot there? How do you keep yourself from being reactive, uh, but also keep yourself from being crippled by uh, by just overthinking things? So how do we determine what the sweet spot is? Um, and I would say that there are probably three different categories of choices that I would put in front of us. Ones that are not really values-based and maybe don't require as much attention. Uh, ones that are, you know, important to our day-to-day lives and our, you know, overall health and well-being. And then ones that are much heavier and weightier and would just have, um, more, um, detrimental uh, consequences based on making the wrong choice or, you know, not thinking through what your action steps are going to be enough. Yeah. So I think the sweet spot starts with um, at the, the very, the very first barrier is to be able to assess how this particular decision um, relates to your values and to the vision or mission that uh, that you're living towards or that your team is is moving towards. If we make a decision before we have recognized how it connects with our values and our vision, then we're probably making a decision too early. We're probably doing it too rashly. We're probably making a circumstantial based decision. So I think that's maybe the first line. You, we've got to make sure that we've slowed down enough. Uh, to be able to understand like, okay, I'm I'm angry right now because I have a value for harmony and everything feels chaotic in this room right now. And so just recognizing that and acknowledging that reality, assessing that within myself is I think the first marker that we've got to make sure we get to. Otherwise, I'm probably going to just end up contributing to the chaos 
in an attempt to alleviate it, ironically, uh, and it's going to add to my frustration in the short run and the long run. I would I would also say that like getting counsel from other people in regards to your choices can help you to determine what the best course of action is. And I would advise to do that if you're wrestling with some of those harder, more challenging um, choices um, that could have much heavier consequences than something like, do we get pizza or tacos for dinner tonight, um, which isn't necessarily um neither are really bad, um, except if we're eating pizza every single night. And then, you know, you might choose something different. Yeah, tacos every night, though. <laughs> that sounds all right. Notice how Kylie just gave two fast food examples, just saying. Well, no, tacos and pizza don't have to be fast food. I feel like when I think about fast food, I think about McDonald's, right? Or I guess Taco Bell. But I'm talking more like Rosa's, maybe, for those... For those people who are from Texas and yeah. know what Roses is. But poor souls that aren't, just just don't. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Oops, sorry, we digress. <laughs> All right, Kylie. So if the line that I talked about kind of recognizing your values is the first barrier that we need to make sure we get to, what can you think of that might be some of the barriers on the back end that if we blow through those, we've gone too far? We, uh, you know, Kyla and I have been traveling. We've been driving a lot since COVID hit. And we haven't really flown and, and done a lot of the international traveling we normally do. And uh, in a lot of the mountainous areas we see, they have those little turnoffs for trucks that are going too fast downhill and have lost control. And so uh, some of them are like, I mean, it's obviously not funny, but it's yeah, like... they're like runaway truck stations yeah. where these trucks basically like run into giant barrels of sand in order to stop them from just like crashing down the mountain. Well, and they've got like, uh, some of them have uh, like, I don't know what the material is, but the, you know, the road is different. Gravel. It, gravel. It's like slanted uphill. There's, there's like hay bales. There's... Uh, there's the the barrels that Kylie's talking about. There's all of these kind of obstacles to make sure. Uh, and so if a truck, you know, busts through those, they're in real trouble. So Kylie, what are the barrels for us if we're making decisions that that if we get here, we we might have have uh, waited too long or gone too far? Well, I think sometimes it's just a timeline of uh, <laughs> of like knowing, oh, I have to make this choice by this date, and we put it off for far too long and either have to wait until a further opportunity or um, have lost our chance, um, I think would be one of those consequences of waiting too long to make our choices. Um, so time in general. I think one of the other barrels is, uh, and this is difficult to to recognize um, when it's happening in my own life, but it's very clear to see when someone else is doing it. Uh, but what the barrel I'm thinking of is when you're just having the same conversation of, about the choice at hand over and over again. Mm. So sometimes we tend to, as a coping mechanism for avoiding the choice that we have to make, we just get in the same conversation. We have it with our you know, roommates. We have it with our coworkers. We have it in the parking lot after church. We have it with our you know parents on the phone. We have it with our friends and our siblings. And we're just rehashing the same uh, the same conversation we're getting the whatever the same advice that they gave us the last time we had it and and I think we've got to be careful that we aren't just so addicted to the drama of the impending choice 
that that in and of itself becomes this kind of echo chamber that just reverberates and, and we go back and forth bouncing around looking at how to keep that drama alive rather than uh, making a choice and dealing with the aftermath. I would say that probably one of those other barrels would be cost. Um, are you investing in something? And are you uh, just think about like our resources as like there's time as a resource, there's money as a resource, there's relationships are resources that we utilize and like what is the cost to each of these things by us delaying these decisions or choices i <laughs> so i had when i was like probably like 18 or 19 years old i had this guy ask me out and he like you know he just asked me out and i wasn't sure if i wanted to go out with him and so i said i would think about it but i was like a little bit scared and he had like a little bit of a he was more than a little bit of a bad boy and i just like wasn't sure and so i just kept putting off and putting it off and putting off this choice until like eventually he just completely moved on um <laughs> i mean he had a friend like come and ask me like are you going to make a choice or not and i was like i'm still thinking about it like i don't know and so like it cost me even like this friendship with this person that I wasn't willing to honestly make a decision and tell him whether or not I wanted to date him. Um, and so just thinking about that, like there are costs to everything that we do and it might not be financial. Um, it might be relational. It might be time. Um, there's all sorts of resources that we expend that um, that when we wait too long or when we jump in too soon, um, could cost us something. Yeah, that's a really great, a really interesting example. I I was reading this book recently about investing, and it was talking about when you have all your money tied up in, you know, a mortgage or or anything really, even even great investments, uh, you've committed it there, and so it, you know, by necessity can't be in other places. And I think we've got to be aware of that same reality when it comes to our decision making. If you are so focused on thinking whether or not to say yes to this boy that's asked you out, uh, which it sounds like you made the right choice, by the way. but uh, <laughs> Based on our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if, if we get so, so hyper focused for such a long stretch of time, we're committing ourselves to that struggle and wrestling with that choice. And what we have to understand is there are probably a lot of other choices that are passing us by that we're not giving any attention to or or less attention than we might otherwise because we're in the midst of focusing on something that's the the very particular and very specific. Yeah, so I think one of the things we have to do is we have to be aware of not just the choice that we're in the midst of, but of the other choices that are passing us by and aren't getting as much attention as they should. So what can we do then to find that sweet spot and to be more intentional with how much time we commit to the different choices that we are making? I think the first thing that comes to mind, and we've mentioned this in episodes previous, but the first thing that comes to mind is to just be people of courage. Mm. And I don't mean that in a flippant way where it's like, OK, I'm just going to make all my decisions in an instant and, you know, courageously deal with the aftermath. But I, I mean that uh, it takes courage to wait uh, and it takes courage to act. And so to let the 
it even takes courage to have faith that you are uh, looking at and discerning like what you're doing. Just the faith of the choices that you're making is courageous. Yeah, and I, I guess I can only really speak for myself, but I, I think I'm too often a fear-based person. And when I'm fear-based, I tend to make decisions either too quickly or uh, or wait too long. But if I can be a courage-based person, uh, then I think I can flip the script there and I, it'll help kind of funnel me into into that sweet spot where I don't feel like my identity is on the line every decision I make. Uh, but I'm I give myself permission uh, to to analyze and, and to evaluate and to assess as best I can to seek the counsel of others and and, and to move forward with with courage and face the next choice uh, the next day. And we can't say this enough, but know your values. Your values are such a guide to help you determine what are the best choices for you. Um, and know where you're headed. Um, have a roadmap in front of you that helps to guide your choices as you go. Um, and when I say that, what I mean is a transcendent there, something that says, this is the kind of person that I want to be, and I want to be consistent about um, making sure that I am making choices that align with that. And so with our marriage, for example, our our transcendent there for our marriage is unity to the glory of God. And so whatever we do, whatever choices are in front of us as a an organization, um, as people that are have come together for a greater purpose, we make sure that the choices that we are deciding upon and choosing align with that vision, right? Align with unity. If there is an a choice or an option that is in front of us that is like going to completely just like break us apart um, and disunify us in some way, then we know that's not the right choice to make. And so if we have something that is constantly, we are constantly moving towards that is guiding us, it helps us to discern our um, what choices are the best to take us in that direction. Um, and so know your values and know where you're going. Know the kind of person that you want to be in this life and be intentional about making choices that take you towards that thing. Yeah. One of the things that, that we've talked about in preparation for this episode is is uh, to, to just be people of readiness, to just be prepared to, to make good choices. It, it reminds me of uh, there's a movie. Uh, what's it called? Uh, it's older 90s or something. It's uh, it's called First Night. And so it's a movie about like, uh, you know, Arthur and Lancelot and and um, and Guinevere and the love triangle between them. And there's this scene where Lancelot, you know, stumbles into uh, Camelot and sees that the Guinevere's there, and there's this competition going on where you, you know, get a kiss from the queen if you go through this gauntlet that has a bunch of different challenges that uh, that you have to deal with. And what it seems like ha- is happening in the in the scene is, Every every person who gets up there to try to face this gauntlet is getting up there and thinking about each obstacle one at a time, right? There's this, there's swinging swords. There's this big ball that's going back and forth. There's 
whatever it is, and they're looking at these kind of one at a one at a time. How do I face down this particular circumstance that's coming at me? But what is key for Lancelot in that scene is he's not planning on doing it. It's not like, but he just, he wants, he's committed to his there, which is uh, getting a, a kiss from the queen. And he's ready. You know, he's been training for this in a, in a sense. Uh, it, out of who he is, he jumps up there and his courage kind of guides him through whatever obstacle uh, he has to face. And of course he gets through it. Um, but I think that's key for us. We we tend so much to face our choices one circumstance at a time. And in a very real sense, our world just gets turned upside down every major choice that we have to make. And it feels discombobulating. And the real value of being able to name your choices is it gives you a sense of familiarity and consistency that you can tether yourself to. And that propels you into a real readiness to make choices uh, because you're not being blown back and forth by every wind and wave of circumstance. You're living out of the values of, of who you really are and what really matters to you so that when those circumstances arrive, you're naturally more inclined to make choices that are in alignment with those values that are so familiar to you. I think another thing that we can do in order to be more intentional about finding that sweet spot is to give yourself some time and some space um, and to give yourself a deadline. Uh, And so I am an illustration person, and so I'm going to use an example um, from our real life about this, but um, we just uh, finished an IVF cycle and we failed the cycle. And um, honestly, going through IVF is like just really traumatic and really hard on your body and on your emotions uh, and everything else. Um, there's needles and medication and all sorts of different uh, procedures that you have to go through and tests and things like that. And um, it's like a month of just like daily stuff that is really hard on you. Um, And so we just finished the cycle and um, it didn't work. uh, And we're really sad and we're really disappointed about it. Um, And to be perfectly honest, I don't know if I want to try again. I don't know if I want to put myself through IVF again. It's not that I can't. Um, I am totally capable of doing it again, but I just I just don't know if like mentally, emotionally and physically like I want to continue to put my self um, through the emotional tailspin um, that is infertility and IVF treatments. And so we've actually had a conversation uh, and said, we're going to take a month and we're going to think about it and we're going to pray about it. And so we have this deadline that we've given ourselves that creates this tension. Um, and this tension forces us to continue to have conversations with one another uh, and maybe gain counsel from friends and to pray and to just like sit uh with ourselves and think about what choice we actually want to make moving forward. Um, And this is one of those like big choices that could have a huge impact on um, the trajectory of our family. Um, But it could also fail. Um, And so we just need to weigh like what the cost of this is to us and whether it's worth it for us to continue. And so we have given ourselves a deadline. We've given ourselves time. And now we need to create space. Um, And that space is space for us to uh, 
consider um, what we actually want to do moving forward. And I think it's so important when you're wrestling with hard and heavy decisions in your life to, like Joey said earlier, time is that one thing that could help you to uh, not make a reactionary decision, which like obviously right off a cycle of IVF, it's pretty reactionary that I just like don't want to do that again. Um, And so we're giving ourselves intentionally some space and time to actually make that choice on how we're going to move forward. Yeah. Another thing that's helpful for me is, is to find kind of a, this isn't the way I think about it, but I'm not sure how to articulate it otherwise, but to find kind of a decision-making haven, like a fortress of solitude of sorts. And so there's a couple of places here in New York that I I love to go and I only go when I'm like really seeking some like, you know, peace, some moments of just like calm. And so, you know, it could be beneficial for me to say, I'm going to go to one of those places, those physical locations. And by the time I leave there, I'm going to decide Right. And so to create these little spaces and it's it's a it's a deadline, uh, not just of time, but but also of of location. Um, What makes discerning this balance so difficult is that life doesn't allow us to just take one decision at a time. There are other things that are constantly knocking on our door. And so. Uh, we can get kind of lost in the shuffle, even with big decisions. And uh, so one of the places for for us is Brooklyn Bridge Park. And if mm-hmm. I can just go there and, and say, all right, I'm just going to think and pray uh, and consider this choice. And by the time I leave here today, I'm, you know, going to going to be committed to a decision that that can be helpful in the right circumstances. But the biggest thing I want to say in terms of, of how we can address this is that there's no real formula. You know, all of these episodes are challenging for us to design and talk about because there's nothing that we can tell you that's just like this works every single time all across the board. Uh, what we want to encourage you to do is is to try and to be a little bit more just intentional and purposeful in your own journey to figure out what's best for you. And what that entails, unfortunately, is making some mistakes. But don't waste your mistakes. When you make them, learn from them and figure out what might be something that you can take away that you can uh, bring into the next decision to, to help you do it a little bit better, a little bit more effectively. Thank you for listening to the Crossroad Podcast. The world is out there waiting for you to become the best leader you can possibly be. We hope our conversations have helped. For more, please visit our website, thecrossroad.net.